uh, the leader of the pack today. Her husband is ministering somewhere else at another church, and we thank God for that. And we just want her to have her way. Amen. I want you to welcome her to the platform and listen to what she has to say and worship with them. Amen. Good morning. You may be seated. Buenos dias. I know some people here speak Spanish. I'm hearing them. Um, it's great to be here today with you guys, and I'm just going to let them do their part because they get to go first. Um, so Todd's going to come up here and our choir, and so I hope you're blessed by that, and I'll come back in here in a few minutes. Yeah. So while they're getting up here, my name is Todd Harker, and I am the Director of Student Life for Adult and Teen Challenge. We are a faith-based uh, inpatient treatment program, but we like to consider ourselves uh, a discipleship. I like to say that we are not a 12-step program. We are a 66-step program from Genesis to Revelation. Jesus is the one who does the miracle. We just orchestrate the meeting. So we are a place where these men can come and spend a year of their life, dive into the Word of God, and then they change. It's miraculous what happens, honestly. It really is. They come to these programs. We point them to Jesus. We tell them how to apply biblical principles to their lives, and stuff starts changing. I know firsthand because three years ago, I stepped through the front doors of Teen Challenge. I was broken. I was lost. I was sad. I was scared. I was very, very angry. And I would probably even say I was angry at God. But I started to submit, and I gave in. When I got there, I was, I was completely lost. I was a person but that by the time I was 26 years old, I had everything that I thought made a person happy. I had a wonderful career in information technology. I had a brand new home. I drove a new car, and I was miserable. It didn't make sense to me. I had all the checklists that I had learned that would make a person happy, and I had checked everything off, but I had nothing to base my life on. And every time I came into tragedy, I fell apart, and I didn't get it. I thought more and more things would make me happy, but then I was just unhappy with more and more things. In 2021, I had reached a point where my family was basically begging me to get into a program. I came here, I dove in, I read the Bible, and I gave my life to Jesus, and stuff started changing. And now, so much has happened in my life that I decided that I want to work here, and I want to be a part of other people finding freedom. I want to be the guy that can tell them, listen, I promise you it's possible, because if it can happen to me, it can happen to anybody. When I got to the program, I didn't know one Bible scripture. I knew Jesus wept, but I didn't know the address, right? I knew about God, but I didn't know God. And so I'm able to bring that perspective to these guys and kind of just tell them, listen, I promise you, if you just give into it and you just submit, it will happen. God will show up for people. I like to say that God shows up for people in addiction because when they get their lives back, there is only one answer. On paper, I should not have a good life. I do not deserve the life that I have. But on paper, God doesn't really make sense either. That's why it's miraculous. That's why I get to come and stand in front of you guys. I always say that God knows that I never shut up. 
So he showed up for me because now I'll never shut up about him. I just, these guys. I'm incredibly grateful for this program, and I'm incredibly grateful for what God's done in my life. But I'm probably more grateful that I get to work here and I get to see other men have their lives change. It's truly the most rewarding thing I could ever imagine. I'm now even in uh, Berean School of Ministry because I want to get ordained with the assemblies. I want to continue this mission and push it all the way to the top. So we're going to minister to you guys with song. You're going to get to hear some more testimonies. And let's have a good time. Thank you, guys.
How y'all doing this morning? My name's Patrick May. Uh, I'm 45, and I live, I grew up in Mount Pleasant, Texas. Um, there's a lot of guys standing behind me that didn't have parents growing up uh, or had single parents. I had two really good parents. I grew up in church. I actually grew up playing drums in church, um, which <laughs> made me want to do the opposite thing. I, I knew what I was supposed to do, but I just didn't have the ability to do it. I wanted to have fun and hang out with my friends. Um, lost mom and dad. Um, I lost a wife. I lost everything. I was living in West Texas and uh, homeless, actually. Uh, my sister and my brother, who I thank God because they're the reason I'm here, uh, they got me here. And for about the first month, you know, I didn't want to be here. Oh, I don't need to be here. All these other guys might need to be here, but I don't need to be here. Uh, I didn't think I'd make it a month. Uh, I'm going on uh, close to four months or a little over four months now. And so, and, and I'm a senior student, which I never thought that would happen. So that's, that's really a blessing. Um, and I want to take a second to thank Miss Heidi and her husband, Darren, because if it wasn't for her and her husband, I wouldn't be standing here talking to y'all because I'm too busy looking behind me and couldn't see what I need to see in front of me. And her husband, uh, who I consider a friend, two weeks after I was here, he told me that God, he said, God's got a reason for you to be here. There's a purpose for you to be here. And he said, if, if, you, if you don't stay, he said, it's, your life is not going to go how you want it to be. And I truly believe that no matter in all the times that I was walking, you know, homeless, walking down the street, wondering where I was going to sleep. You know, it's kind of funny because the places I did sleep were by churches. And that's the only place I felt safe. <laughs> but there's a verse that I stand on. It's James 2.17. It's uh, a faith without works is a dead faith. And that's paraphrasing, I guess. But um, I've always been one of the type of person, you know, I believe nothing what I hear and half of what I see. And, but you have to have faith. I personally had to have faith to be able to ask people for help because I never asked anybody for help. And I never had any family. But I tell you, I got a bunch of family standing right behind me. So all, all these guys, I mean, I, day in and day out, I spend every day with them. And I love every single one of them. We love you too, Pat. Okay. <laughs> anyway, I just want to thank you all for letting me come up here and tell you about my story. Uh, I want to tell you more about what God's done for me and where, I'm in, where I am now than where I was. Uh, because I was, I, you know, uh, I come from a long line of addiction. And where I'm at now is much better than where I was. And I'll never, ever, ever go back to that again. Good morning. How y'all doing, church? That's good. That's good. Uh, it's a blessing to be here. Another opportunity to live and be obedient to God. Uh, I'm, I'm uh, Miguel Hernandez, 32 years old. I grew up in uh, Irving. I was born in Arlington. But uh, I just struggled with uh, loneliness. Uh, at an early age, uh, my parents split up. And at the age of nine, my mother had a brain aneurysm when she was sleeping. At the age of 33, went to sleep, never woke up. And that led me to live with my dad. He provided the roof over the 
over our heads and stuff, but uh, he was never there on his days off. He'll go drinking and stuff, and uh, I found love in the wrong places, trying to feel love that wasn't that I wanted, you know. And uh, I got into a gang when I was uh, in high school and stuff, and just doing the wrong things led me down the wrong path, and uh, end up catching a burglary habitation. I end up doing uh, eight years on that. I finished it, completed it five years ago, and. Uh, I was broken. I always cope with uh, being like dealing with uh, loneliness, and I always end up doing heroin and fentanyl, try killing myself. And uh, but I came to Adult Teen Challenge is broken, but uh, it's it's a blessing that I came here because I wouldn't be the man who I am today if it wasn't for God. And uh, I give glory to Him for that. You know what I mean? Uh, but uh, it's a blessing. But. Uh, the scripture I stand on is James chapter 125, and I feel like it just sums up everything. If you want to enter the, through the pearly gates to the holy kingdom, it's uh, James chapter 125. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. Thank you. I appreciate you. Hi, good morning. My name is Dennis. Uh, I'm 30 years old and I'm from Los Angeles, California. I was raised by my single mother because um, uh, my father was a user, so she took care of me. And uh, sad to say, that's all I remember as far as my dad goes. <sighs> I reached adulthood and I thought, I got the perfect excuse to start using myself, and so I did. And um, it it just it destroyed my life. It destroyed my life so much, and uh, it got to a point where I couldn't live. I couldn't live without it, you know. And so, when I first got to this program and I heard it was a year, I wanted to throw up. <laughs> no, not just because I was hungover, but <laughs> I just, I couldn't, I couldn't, you know, I, I didn't want to accept Christ. You know, I thought I'd, I'd, I'd been fine without it, you know. I thought I had all the answers. I had a phone that told me, it gave me any answer that I typed in. So, you know, what, what do I need God for? <clears throat> so I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to be in and out. But uh, God said, no, you're not. God said, you're going you're gonna to buck down and you're going to learn a thing or two. And so I did. I learned about his endless love and his glory. Now there's, there's not a day that goes by without prayer. You know, I, he picked me up when I was flat on my face. He picked me up. He turned me around. He strengthened me. And like it says, Philippians 4.13 says, 
I can do anything through God that strengthens me. Thank you.
Amén. All right, you guys are going to sit. Praise God, right? God is up to something. I'm so excited to be able to share with you guys today. And um, I'm going to introduce my family first because they're not all with me. And so that way you know who we are. But that's my husband, Darren. And then I have three sons. God knew when he put us over this because he was preparing me a long time ago. But my oldest son, Josiah, is now married. And I have Nicholas and Kenan. And... Um, I'm just going to give you a little bit of history um, so you know who we are. But um, God, um, I had the privilege, actually, to grow up in a Christian home from the beginning. I had grandparents that were pastors, parents that were pastors, and now I'm in ministry as well. Um, three generations, and my husband the same. And it's a blessing, and I'm thankful for that. Um, I wouldn't change it for anything, and... Um, but I also love to hear the transformation that happens. Um, and God transformed me, but in a different way, right? But we were um, working as associate pastors in South Dallas. And later on, we served in Oregon as associate pastors. But we knew that we had a call to do ministry out of the country as missionaries. And so God made that happen um, as we got out of debt and God opened the door. We went to Mexico. We served in Sinaloa, Mexico during some major drug cartel issues for a term. And then we went to Guatemala. We were there for two terms, um, serving, helping with Child Hope. That's a ministry to kids in poverty, helping them get an education. And in, during COVID, we came back to the United States and um, we just felt like God, we actually came back to bring our oldest to college, but during that time we got stuck um, in the United States because there wasn't flights going in and out. But we were seeking the Lord and saying, God, what are you doing? What's your next plan? For us, and we felt like he told us just to to lay aside what we'd done in Guatemala. We had a um, missionary that we had raised up as a an assistant that was coming back to raise money to do it full time. But he thought he was going to have to do something else because they wouldn't let two full time missionaries do the same thing. And Darren said, "You know, God's just telling me to just let it go. Let let Kenny handle that. Kenny Horton is a missionary also out of the North Texas district." And he's taken over what we were doing in Guatemala. Thank God for that. But he's, we were kind of in a, a mode of what are we going to do next? And so I was helping at the church where my parents were pastoring in Oregon. Um, and Darren was working at a bank, which is what his background was, to make the um, ends meet financial. And we always have to have money, right? And so we were doing that. And out of nowhere, if you guys know Paul Ecker, you probably do. The last time Teen Challenge was here, he's probably the one that came. Um, called Darren, and he said, God's just been putting you guys in front of my face about taking over the ministry. And it was a surprise to us, of course, because it was out of nowhere, but also because we have no experience in that. And, but it was a God appointment. So in that moment, we were doing a series on Acts in the church where we were working, and I had to speak every once in a while. And there's a, a verse in Acts where it says, Paul called... Um, to, he called him over to Macedonia, and he says, I just need you to come over here and help me. And it was that verse that I'd recently heard before this whole thing was coming about, and I'm like, he's actually calling us, saying, come over and help me. You know, Paul retired. He was 80 years old. Maybe you didn't know he was 80, but he was. And he did an awesome job for 40 years serving this ministry. But it was time for God to, to move someone else in place, and that's how we ended up at Adult and Teen Challenge. With no experience, but God's been good. We've been here in March. It'll be two years. 
and I'm excited to serve and be in the place that God has for us. So today, I'm not like Darren. He's totally different than me in speaking, but maybe next time you'll get to hear him. But I believe that God gave me something for you guys. He began speaking into my heart a couple weeks ago about what to share today. But really quick before I do that, um, just, just to give you a couple updates on what God's doing at, at Adult and Teen Challenge Dallas. Um, last year, we started a lawn care business which has been going great, and it's going to pick up again, I know, in March, that's allowed the guys to have a purpose, to do something, but also help the ministry with funding. And so um, this year, we got some exciting new things happening. They just started training on Friday. We'll continue tomorrow um, for coffee roasting. Do anybody drink coffee in here? All right. So our coffee company is called Reclamation Coffee Company, because, and the tagline is, take back the mountain. Because that's what these guys are doing, right? And so we are going to be having that option available to you guys. If you drink coffee and you want to um, support a good cause, you can talk to me about that later. The other thing is our, our goal for this year is to build a vocational training center um, to help these guys get some hands-on training in woodworking, welding, and maybe electrician work so that they can leave there with skills. They need God, obviously, right? But they also need to be able to do something with their life. And also tell people about God in the process. But those are some things that we got in the future going on at Adult and Teen Challenge. All right, so when I was getting this message ready, and I'm going to pray because I need to pray before I start talking more about this. So let's just do that. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for today, God. We thank you for what you're doing in every life, even in this room and in the lives of the guys at Adult and Teen Challenge. And just for your presence here in this place, Lord. I ask that you would just open every mind and every heart to receive from you today, God, whatever it is that you want us to get out of this today, and that you would just be with us the rest of the service. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so I had these words come to my mind, and the main word was balance. And I was thinking about, like, you know, a level where you got the bubble in the middle. I was thinking about alignment. And if you've ever gone somewhere or maybe in your own house, but you have a table, how many of you have ever sat down and the table's wobbling? And it just drives you so crazy that you have to fix it. That would be me. I would not be able to handle the table just wobbling up and down. So I would figure out how to make it work, right? Temporarily, then permanently, if I had to sit at that same table over and over again, right? Or maybe you're the person that sees a picture on the wall that's just a little crooked and you're like, I gotta straighten that up. That never happens, right? Nobody ever is like that. Okay. Or maybe you're driving in your car and your car's pulling to one side. That ever happened? It's out of alignment. You hit a curb, something, I don't know. But sometimes our lives can be like those things that I just mentioned. They can be out of alignment. They can be a little wobbly. They can get out of balance. Many people today in this world are in a pursuit of love, fame, happiness, or success. But today I want to talk about the pursuit of righteousness. How do you live a balanced life in an imbalanced world? The verse I want to share is when Paul is writing to Timothy and he's encouraging him to pursue righteousness. And this is his final instructions to Timothy in 1 Timothy 6, 11 through 12. He says, but you, Timothy, are a man of God. So run from all these evil things, pursue righteousness and a godly life, along with faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. Notice he doesn't say, along with happiness, fame, and fortune right there, right? He says, with faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight for the true faith. Hold tightly to the eternal life to which God has called you, which you have declared so well before many witnesses. 
I believe that the pursuit of righteousness is an active and intentional and continuous journey that requires our full commitment. This journey that leads us to a deeper understanding of God's will in our lives and his ways, and it brings us closer to him. In turn, we can find a life of balance in an imbalanced world. A pursuit of righteousness can bring us into the alignment with God's will. When we strive to live righteously, we are essentially striving to live according to God's commandments and his teachings. This alignment with God's will is not just about obedience, but it's about being in harmony with the creator of the universe. It's about living in a way that pleases him and it honors him. This alignment brings us peace and joy because we are living in accordance with our creator's design for us. So the first thing I want to talk about is that when we are pursuing righteousness, we can find true contentment. Matthew 5, 6 says, God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice or righteousness in some versions, for they will be satisfied. And then Matthew 6, 33, seek the kingdom of God above all else. It also says, and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. Many times in life, we struggle to find contentment or satisfaction. It may not feel like we have everything we need. We tend to look to the left or to the right and compare ourselves with others wanting what they have or wishing we had more or thinking that we're missing out on something or that life should be better or different than it is. We begin to get discontent and out of alignment. We have lost our focus when we're at that point. First Timothy 6, 6 through 8 says, yet true godliness with contentment in itself is great wealth. After all, we brought nothing with us when we came into the world and we can't take anything with us when we leave it. So if we have enough food and clothing, let us be content. And then in the next few verses, he gives an example of where discontentment could lead us. But people who long to be rich fall into temptation and are trapped by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, and some people craving money have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. That's just one example. You could put so many things in place of the word money in this so I want to talk about Gehazi. Maybe you've never heard of him. He's not mentioned that many times in the Bible, but he kind of had a pretty cool job. In the book of 2 Kings, he's mentioned as a servant of Elisha the prophet. How many of you like to have served with Elisha? I would have, right? That'd be awesome. But what an honor to work alongside Elisha to witness all the great miracles that were taking place. However, the tides turned for Gehazi when he saw an opportunity and he took advantage when Naaman, remember Naaman the leper, a lot of times we focus on that part of the story. Naaman comes to ask, how do I get healed from this leprosy? And that's um, when he wanted to pay for the healing, right? But we focus on the fact that Naaman got healed. How did he get healed? He went and dipped seven times in the Jordan River and he thought, that's ridiculous. Why am I gonna go dip in the dirty river? But he did it and he got healed, right? But then if you read further on in the story, Second Kings 5.20, it says, but Gehazi, the servant of Elisha, the man of God, said to himself, my master should not have let this Aramanian get away without accepting any of his gifts. As surely as the Lord lives, I will chase after him and get something from him. Then later, it says, when Gehazi returned to Elisha, this is what happened in verse 26. But Elisha asked him, don't you realize that I was there in spirit when Naaman stopped, stepped down from his chariot to meet you? And this time to receive money and clothing, olive groves and vineyards, sheep and cattle, and male and female servants. Because you have done this, you and your descendants will suffer from Naaman's leprosy forever. 
When Gehazi left the room, he was covered with leprosy. His skin was as white as snow. Gehazi was working with one of the greatest prophets that had ever been, and he had everything that he needed, but in one opportunity, he became greedy for more. That's how easy it is to get out of balance or out of alignment. Sometimes we tend to focus on what we want versus what we already have. This is where we lose sight and get out of alignment and out of balance in our walk. But when we have an attitude of gratitude and continually thank God for what he has blessed us this, when we can realize he provides for our needs daily and we can begin to recognize how blessed we really are. There's no better place to be than in the center of God's will. The second thing that I wanna talk about is when we pursue righteousness, we can experience peace of mind. Isaiah 26, three, this is one of the verses that these guys, a lot of them memorize when they're doing their studies. You will keep in perfect peace all whose trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Proverbs 16, seven says, when people's lives please the Lord, even their enemies are at peace with them. I believe that mental health is one of the biggest crises among people today all over the world. I do truly believe that some of it is due to a chemical imbalance in it, and medication sometimes is necessary to bring balance. However, I believe that sometimes it's spiritual. Sometimes a lack of peace is what helps people realize their need for God. When people do not have a relationship with God, they cannot experience peace in their heart and mind. When we try to fill the void of peace with other things, it causes more imbalance and more anxiety. However, when we do have a relationship with God, we can go to him about everything and we can experience his peace that surpasses all understanding. So if you don't know God and you don't have a relationship with him, you don't know what it feels like to go to God with those issues that are concerning you. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says this, don't worry about anything, instead pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything that we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. There's a lot of anxiety, and I don't believe that God wants that for you. I can't tell you anywhere I've been that God hasn't put this, this word in my heart. I, I don't speak every weekend, but... Every time I spoke, I feel like something that he directs my message to is about that. If you have anxiety, that is not the way that God wants you to live. He doesn't want you to have that. Cast all your cares on him. Stop trying to figure it out yourself. Stop trying to straighten the table, fix the wobby table, whatever the picture on your own. He is saying, cast it all on me because I have everything you need. He has everything that we need. We're gonna read that more. The third thing is when we pursue righteousness, we will grow spiritually and experience a closeness with God. This verse says this, 2 Peter 1, 3 and 8 through 8. By his divine power, God has given us everything that we need for living a godly life. Sometimes we think he needs our help, he doesn't. We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. 
There's so much in that right there. In view of all this, here's where we come involved. Make every effort to respond to God's promises. How? You supplement your faith with the generous provision of moral excellence and moral excellence with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with patient endurance and patient endurance with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love for everyone. The more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. When we are striving to live righteously, it challenges us to grow and mature in our faith. We begin to notice our weaknesses and our sins during a process of self-examination. And repentance, this leads to spiritual growth. In turn, we become more Christ-like as we learn to live righteously. The more Christ-like we become, the more productive we will be. Jeremiah 29, 13. How many of you know Jeremiah 29, 11? Even them, they know that. But go down a little bit past that. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, if you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. Psalm 145, 18 and 19. The Lord is close to all who call on him. Yes, to all who call on him in truth. He grants the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cries for help and he rescues them. He's there when we need him, right? He wants to be close with us. He wants to have a close relationship with us, but we have to make the effort, right? We have to look for him wholeheartedly. When we read about most of the kings in the Old Testament, we usually read one of two things. You guys read, are you guys, any of you doing the Bible through in a year and you're like, you get in this phase where you feel like you hear the whole thing over and over? Well, it says usually, and I'm not saying this is a bad thing, because I, I read the Bible through in a year, but I, every time I do it, I seek to find something on every reading every day. Because sometimes, you know, it gets a little bit um, in, a, in a pattern, right? But it usually says, this king did evil in the Lord's sight, or this king lived, he did right in the sight of the Lord. Have you noticed that? But there's this unique case, and I'm not going to say it's the only one, because I don't know it is. But this stood out to me when I read this the other day. It says, however, Amaziah, this guy was described a little different in 2 Chronicles 25, 2. It says, Amaziah did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight, but not wholeheartedly. It's interesting. Because he did do some good things, but because he wasn't wholeheartedly in, he fell off the wagon, let's say. So in verse 14 of that same chapter, it says, when King Amaziah returned from slaughtering the Edomites, he brought with him idols taken from the people of Seir. He let, set them up as his own gods. He bowed down in front of them and offered sacrifices to them. This made the Lord very angry, and he sent a prophet to ask, why do you turn to gods who could not even save their own people from you? But Amaziah refused to listen, for God was determined to destroy him for turning to the gods of Edom. We can be trying really hard, but we can easily get off the path. And that's what I'm talking to today about if you're out of balance, getting in balance, right? It doesn't mean that we're always off the path. It just means sometimes we got to realign ourselves and pursue the right things. As we strive to live righteously, we are drawn closer to God. We begin to see things from a different perspective. We begin to understand his heart. Our relationship with him deepens, and it becomes more intimate. 
This closeness to God is one of the greatest benefits of pursuing righteousness. Isaiah 26, 7 says this, the path of the righteous is level. You, the upright one, make the way of the righteous smooth. Maybe this year, we're barely getting started. You started off with some resolutions to better your life, or even you did a fast or something like that. I'm not suggesting that those are bad or good, but what if we said today, I want to pursue righteousness? Because I believe that if you say, I want to pursue righteousness, that all those other things that are good things, they're going to fall into place. I believe that all the things that are in our life that are out of balance, whether it's relationships, finances, it's physical health, or it's mental health, or anything, it's going to come into balance as you pursue him over everything else. I don't know about you, but... I'm not always big on New Year's resolutions, but when we met with our staff at the beginning of the year, we asked them, what are some spiritual goals that you have for this year? If the worship team doesn't mind coming, I'm about to wrap it up. Some spiritual goals that you have this year. Have you thought about that? What do you want to do spiritually this year? What do you want to do? What is the goal that you're setting before yourself to say, I want to know God better than I've ever known him before? Maybe your goal should be, I want to read the Bible in a year. I've never done that. Maybe your goal should be, I want to win somebody else to the Lord. Maybe your goal should be, I want to serve more in the church than I've ever served before. Maybe your goal is a financial thing. I want to give more than I've ever given before. But we should have spiritual goals. Because if we put God first, what does it say? Then you will have everything you need. And I believe that sometimes we get so caught up in just living in the world that time just passes us by. And God's saying to us today, specifically this message that he gave me for you guys, is to pursue him above everything else. And all those things that are concerning you are going to come into alignment. Proverbs 12, or 21, 21 says, whoever pursues righteousness and unfailing love will find life, righteousness, and honor. And Proverbs 21, 3 says, the Lord is more pleased when we do what is right and just than when we offer him sacrifices. So I don't know anybody here today except for some of the guys in the program, but maybe today you're struggling. Maybe you're feeling out of balance. Maybe you feel like you're just on a hamster wheel and you can't get off. You can't quit going down the same thing you're going down and you're feeling like you're out of alignment, that life is wobbly for you. I don't know why. But the question that I have for you is, are you wholeheartedly pursuing God? If you are, imagine what he can do. Imagine what he can do. We have some guys that have asked or were asked earlier to pray with you. And I want to open up the altars. I want the musicians to play. And I believe that God's doing something here at Adult and Teen Challenge. We have amazing chapel on Wednesdays. But these guys have experienced what it means to be pursuing the wrong thing wholeheartedly and to come in to know what it means to pursue God. Do they have it all together? No, none of us do. Not one person in this room has it all together. But I believe that God wants to help you. If you feel like you're out of alignment or out of balance and you need to get back on track, whatever that looks like, I'd ask you to come and ask one of these guys to pray with you. You guys can feel free to sing a song as you... Don't be shy.
What a beautiful name.